Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Wow, we are almost done here on the DraftCast. Welcome back. Jaron May here with John Eads. And the NFL Draft 2021 is all done. Seven rounds down, zero rounds to go, and we are here to break it all down. Uh, four different Syracuse players are now in the pros, and we will talk about them. Two got drafted, two signed as undrafted rookie free agents, and we will get to them in just a little bit. But before we really center in on Syracuse, John, I kind of just want to get your overall thoughts on this draft. Uh, a lot happening. We're not going to go, you know, round by round for rounds four through seven because it's a lot of picks. It's a lot of people that maybe the general public don't know, and they'll get to know throughout the years if those picks do pan out. But uh, let's start with this. Just overall thoughts of the draft. What team do you think had the best draft? Well, I had a list of five coming in in terms of teams that I thought had a very good draft class, but I think the one that really stands out the most to me is the Minnesota Vikings. They had a ton of picks. It seemed like Every other minute, they were they were up. They were selecting a new player to join their team. But they had a ton of guys committed, some good talent as well. They took Christian Derisaw in the first round there, a future offensive tackle for them. They took Kellen Mond early in the third round, who perhaps could be their quarterback of the future. He was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. They also took Chaz Surratt in the third round, who's the North Carolina linebacker that's very explosive and used to actually play quarterbacks. That's kind of a crazy story. And then in, in rounds four through seven, they took a couple of perhaps gems. They took a running back from Iowa State, a corner from California, Cam Bynum, who I really like. They took Janarius Robinson, who's kind of an edge rusher, and then uh, Amir Smith-Marset in the fifth round as well, an explosive Iowa receiver. And they finished it off with a Pittsburgh defensive tackle, who Syracuse fans may have remembered from that game they played this year, Jalen Twyman, who's an explosive guy who can rush the passer and clog up running lanes. But how about you? Who Who's your, who's your best draft class? Uh, so I'm going to give it to the Browns. And I think it's because they kind of impressed me early in the draft. And their their late picks are, are fine. But you get Greg Newsom out of uh, Northwestern, the cornerback, 26th overall. I think he was a little higher on my board than some others. I thought he was, uh, you know, you can make an argument to be cornerback one in this draft. I know that's going to come as a surprise with Patrick Sertan out there. And Sertan is fantastic, but Newsom is, you know, right there and can have just as good of a pro, at least in my opinion, a, a pro career as Sertan. Uh, so you get him, and then you get a steal with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame, the linebacker at 52. And we talked about that on the last draft cast. If you want to go check it out, it's on our SoundCloud at Orange Fizz, uh, but that's a steal at 52 overall, and you get him in the second round, which he was he had a first-round grade. He had an early first-round grade. He falls to you. You grab him in the second, and now your defense is set because you have one of the top cornerbacks. You have one of the top linebackers, and then what else do you need as the Browns? Yeah, they have some talent on the outside, but you add Anthony Schwartz, the wide receiver out of Auburn at 91 overall, uh, you do exactly what you need, and you know how, like, before the drafts, all these experts will put out, these are the team needs. These are the positional needs that every single team needs. The Browns answered every single one of those, so I'm pretty impressed. Uh, I'm impressed with the Browns. Um, 
there are a lot of teams that I think did a good job. I, I I've I'm happily surprised with there weren't too many teams that had just absolutely horrible drafts that when you look at it, you're like, what were you doing? There were a couple. And if I want to toss one out, it's the Texans. Uh, Granted, they only had like four picks because they were dumb and traded away all of their picks even before the draft happened. But that's another conversation for another day. Uh, But yeah, there were a couple dumb teams, but in like, in the grand scheme of things, the majority of teams did exactly what they needed to. And I think that is just going to lead to a better season next year. I'd agree. And I like Cleveland was one of the teams I thought had a good draft class as well. They were in my top five, probably would have been in my top three, but how how about you give me uh, give me your top five. Just like you don't have to go into deep uh, thought on them. Just kind of give me your honorable mentions. Sure. So I got Minnesota, of course, was my number one Cleveland and then Detroit. And then I had Atlanta at four, and I actually put Houston at fifth, Jaron. I, I actually did. and That's horrible. It's, it, <laughs> That's it's just horrible. because of what they did early. I like how they – this is – if you want to rebuild a team, this is what you got to do. Quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. And they're all – Oh, yeah. Is, Brevin da- Jordan. Is, is, is Davis Mills really pushing the needle for you? The uh, Stanford quarterback, 67th overall, Davis Mills, yeah? He could be he could be something in the future. He's got good no, pocket presence. He no. has the pedigree. He's the former number one quarterback recruit. And I know, you know, that doesn't Stop mean that it. much. But <laughs> you have Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan, two premier receivers that can really help you out. You know what I mean? <sighs> I, I mean, I'm I'm not too happy. Um I, and also I mean, they didn't pick until sixty seven overall. That's right. the crazy part. Because uh with a couple trades and one specifically for Larry Me Tunsil um from Miami, they ga- they gave up their early picks and that left them, you know, waiting until sixty seven and that's when they finally got Davis Mills, which uh, is a quarterback, yeah, but I don't think he's the quarterback of the future, and especially with what's going down in Houston right now, who knows what your quarterback room looks like. Right. Uh, it's probably not as talented as last year because we don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be playing for the Houston, uh, the, the Texans, or uh, probably in the league next season and in the future. At least that's my opinion, and I think that should be the, the general opinion out there. Uh, I'll kind of run through a couple of my other ones that I really liked. Uh, I like the Broncos. I like the Cowboys, too. The Cowboys, you know, going into this draft, you say, what do the Cowboys need? They have a really good offense. They have the weapons on the outside. They have their future quarterback. They have their running back. They, they, they have everything that they need. Now, their offensive line is still one of the tops in the NFL. Uh, it's getting a little older, so you might need to replenish that at some point. However, their big need going into the 2021 NFL draft was defense. And when you look up and down who they drafted, linebacker, cornerback, D-tackle, D-end, quarterback, linebacker. And then finally, they finally get to their first offensive uh, pick, which was an offensive tackle. Good, you're replenishing that line. You grab a wide receiver, who cares? D-tackle, cornerback, guard. Like, you did exactly what you needed to. So the Cowboys were probably my number two option, um, but I, I'm still impressed with the Browns. That's fair. So That's fair. The only reason I didn't put the Cowboys in there, Jan, real quick, is because they took Nashawn Wright over Ify Melifamu. And then Josh Ball, who there were way better tackles on the board in the fourth round than Josh Ball. 
Okay. All right. Well, obviously, you're a little salty about Syracuse getting uh, skipped <laughs> over, and that's a perfect segue. Let's get into Syracuse talk. So we already talked about in the last draft cast. If you want to go check it out again on our SoundCloud at Orange Fizz, or go check out all of our content, Twitter at Orange Fizz. Also, pretty imp- pretty simple there. Our website, OrangeFizz.net. Glad we got all of that out of the way. Uh, here we go. So Syracuse, two guys get drafted in the third round. It's Andre Sisco going number one in the third round, and then Ify Melofonwu going 101 overall still in the third round. And then we think, all right, third day, Trill Williams has been, you know, predicted to be maybe a a sixth-round pick, maybe seventh. We both gave him a a sixth-round grade in that last draft cast. Uh, He's waiting. Syracuse fans are waiting, watching, waiting, watching. And ultimately, day three wraps up without True Williams getting taken. And it, at least in my opinion, John, it was a little surprising. Oh, definitely. You had you and uh, Matt had the Boomer Bus guys on Fizz Radio a couple weeks ago, right? Yep. And yep. they had Trill Williams. I was watching their their live thing during the entire draft. They all had Trill Williams as a round three or at the very least, like a day three pick, right? They all had him getting drafted. And that's there's no bias in that whatsoever. The guy was a great player. He's one of the top slot corners in the country last season. I, it's just a head-scratcher, Jaron. I really don't understand. There were like three or four picks where I was like, all right, this has to be it. I, I said when we closed the draft cast yesterday, look out for KC, the Rams, Minnesota, and New Orleans. And they all had these picks in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round where I was like, all right, this has to be it. It can't be anybody else, right? And instead, they take other players, other safeties, in fact. And I don't know. I just don't really understand it. But I guess we can kind of hypothesize some potential reasons why I didn't get drafted. Go for it. What do you have in mind? Uh, maybe the fact that he didn't play very much last season is one. That's not a very strong argument. Number two is that teams don't know where they're going to play him. I mean, we talked about his versatility. Yeah. Yes. And that's good in theory, right? But he hasn't like experience experimented with that versatility very much in college. It would have been nice if he finished out this season, maybe came back last year. And then you really have a serious argument in theory, his athleticism allows him to play safety or corner, or maybe in the box as some kind of a hybrid linebacker, but it just hasn't been on film and teams don't want to take a chance on him with the draft pick, I guess. But you know, they will with an undrafted free agent signing, they'll let him come in and show off what he can do. Right. So, uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I I like him as a nickel defender where he just comes in with some sets and will still give you a good amount of snaps. He's not going to be, you know, a day one starter. He might, you know, have to work his way in with the special teams, and that's fine. That's how a lot of players do get their start. You start on special teams, you work your way up the depth chart. Maybe you have to bounce around from a couple teams, whatever it may be, and then you finally get your way into where you really want to be, and that's true. Williams probably a defensive back maybe safety uh, that's the confusing part that we've talked about a little bit on these draft casts so Trill does not get drafted instead he goes undrafted rookie free agent signing to the Saints and when you look at the Saints depth chart uh, it's you know not the most open depth chart for safeties or cornerbacks and again it's difficult to predict where he's going to be uh, and where he's specifically going to be playing however I do think New Orleans is a pretty good landing spot for Williams I'd agree I'm taking a look at the depth chart right now I mean the safeties are pretty much locks right you got Malcolm Jenkins right. Marcus Williams Chauncey Gardner Johnson's a backup so I'm, again, I just don't know where he would slot in, right? If he's a corner or if he's a safety. Now, I think he can make a roster for special teams and also be a reserve safety. I think he's got high upside in that department. 
But taking a look at their corner, they got Marshawn Lattimore, Patrick Robinson. They also got Keith Washington as a backup who I'm not really a fan of. I think Trill could outplay Keith Washington at that backup corner spot. So again, I like how Trill was able to pick which team he could go to. I think New Orleans is a good spot for him. I don't know if he's going to be able to crack the two deep at safety. But like you said, a nickelback, potentially cornerback, definitely on special teams. I think he has a future. Right. So, And, and that's where it all comes down to camp. If he can impress in camp, you would assume that he can at least get a, a, a special team spot and then work your way up through it. Uh, but there are a, a good amount of talented players on this depth chart, like you talked about with Jenkins and Williams and Lattimore. Those three guys, just those last names, are well known across the league, and they are you know, solidified. They are uh, vets. They have their spots. You're not going to push them out. You are, if you're Trill, looking to become a backup or a special teams in year one and then work your way up throughout that. So Williams goes to the Saints as an undrafted rookie free agent. And then number two undrafted rookie free agent for Syracuse is the punter, Nolan Cooney. He also goes to the Saints, which is pretty cool to team up with your college teammate. Also to team up with a CNY native uh, with running back Latavius Murray on the Saints too. So a a little connection from CNY to the Big Easy. But either way, you get to team up with your teammate, Nolan Cooney, down with the Saints as well. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected Cooney to get drafted. Now, he certainly played like he could have at Syracuse. The guy was a former walk-on and just like Sterling Hoffrichter, he got drafted to the Falcons last year. I think he has pro potential. The starting punter right now, according to this depth chart, I'm looking no, at— No, 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 no. Before, before you give me this, before you give me this, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, before you actually, like, look this up, did you know who the who the Saints punter was just off the top of your head? Now that I see the name, I know who it is, but I didn't know who it was off the top of my head, so no. Okay, <laughs> All right. All right, give it to the people. So it's Blake Gilligan. He played at Penn State, and I would know that because I watch a lot of Big Ten football. Um, I didn't think he was anything special, and I think Cooney, if he punts it, you know, 50 yards at you know, at least every time he connects with the ball, I think he could potentially take over that role or be a backup or something. And also, when you're an undrafted free agent, you can be kind of moved around to different clubs and stuff, right? So yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's a volatile situation, but I think Nolan Cooney could punt in the NFL. Yeah, he's not he's not locked in with the with the Saints. However, I think the Saints are you know pretty advantage, advantageous for him because when you look at Gillikin, uh, he has only been on their roster for one year, and last year it wasn't you know too impressive. He, I I don't know. I, it's difficult because I'll be honest. I don't really track punting stats, and I don't really <laughs> care about punting stats, and I don't think the general public really cares about punting stats. Um, so if you know who Blake Gilligan is and you want to tell us about either how great or how bad he is and how Nolan Cooney could either start uh, above him or maybe has to go to another team, please tweet at us, at Orange Fizz. I can't really give too much you know, in-depth analysis here because it just... He, he did not play that much, and he was placed on uh, the injured reserve uh, in early September of 2020. So I, I don't know. It's Gilligan cool. I, I think Cooney has proven himself. I think he can make the roster. I don't really know how else to describe this situation. <laughs> yeah, and if it's not the Saints, again, I think he could land on some roster somewhere. But those are the two Syracuse players headed to the Saints for undrafted free agent signings. Now, like you said at the top, Jaron, who do you think has the best – potential to stay in the NFL for a lot of Sundays 
That's a that's a good question, and I think it's just because and it it's pretty you know repetitive at this point on our third draft cast but I think it's iffy just because his size whether he makes a a roster in year one as a starter or if he has to work through the special teams his size is just something you don't see at the cornerback position every day and that can lead to a pretty long uh pretty long career in the NFL so I think it's iffy. I would not be surprised if Cisco kind of impresses down in uh, in Jacksonville, especially because that is a young team that is looking for you know future guys that will stay around for a while. So you know Cisco is also in a pretty good place, but just iffy size really leads to a, a pretty great situation for him. So I'm gonna go iffy. You got a different answer, or you uh, you sticking with me? I'm sticking with you, Jaron. I just think yeah. the corner position is so valuable in today's NFL, and you talk about the measure. He's, he has as well. There aren't that many 6'2 corners to go around, and there also aren't that many 6'2 corners with the size he has, too. He's up to like 200 pounds. We saw the Cowboys taking Deshaun Wright, who's a former Oregon State Beaver. He's 6'4, right? But he's 180. He's not very big. So I think if he could play for many years, he could take the brunt of those hits, and he can also play some pretty darn good cornerback, you know what I mean? So, And he's on the Lions, and the Lions tend to keep their corners, like, you know, you think about, like, Darius Slay. They, they tend to keep their corners and secondary members for a long time if they keep producing, and I think he could be in Detroit maybe for his entire career. Okay, well, there you go. Detroit for his entire career. That is a bold take. I, I will say I'm not going to back you up on that one. I'm going to let you uh, stay out there. I'm leaving you out to dry, uh, and that's all I got to say on that one. Uh, before we wrap up this final draft cast here on Fizz Ra- kind of on Fizz Radio, you know, on our SoundCloud, uh, I, I want to ask you, and we're going to look to the future, and if you want to pull up the roster right now, I'll give you the 30 seconds and I'll kind of stall, but pull up the Syracuse roster, look it, sort it by year, because we're going to to try to predict how many people will be drafted next year coming out of Syracuse okay. and I don't think it's that many but I'm, I'm still gonna try to get your take on it I'll give you my answer while you still look it over so I see Josh Black as a potential draftee Aaron Service as one um I don't see McKinley Williams going in the draft maybe undrafted rookie free agent Kingsley Jonathan is is one that I do think will get drafted um so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three. Okay. I'll set the line. Actually, I, let's do this a, a little fun style. I'm gonna set the line at three and a half. So we're fake betting here. Oof. Three and a half is the line. Are you taking the over or the <clears throat> or the under? I'm taking the under because I don't think next year is Syracuse's big year in the draft year, and I think it's two years from now when a lot of these young studs are upperclassmen and can go to the draft. But some names to keep an eye on. I think Garrett Williams, if he has another big year, could go. I don't think he will because he did a lot of good things last year, but I think he needs two more seasons to really stand out. Because, yeah, you could leave and be a sixth or seventh round pick, but you could also stay and potentially be a second or third rounder like Iffy and Andre Cisco, and that's a big difference in the paycheck, right? So he's a redshirt freshman this year. Next year he'll be a redshirt sophomore. He could go to the draft theoretically after the season. 
uh, keep an eye on him. As far as the D-line, I think McKinley Williams and Kingsley Jonathan could get drafted. Josh, do you like McKinley? I do. I do. I think he could be maybe he's, What about Josh Black? I do like Josh Black, too. I think Josh, obviously he's a heck of an athlete, right? This guy's doing Just flips crazy. off of walls. Freak. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he should be on uh, Bruce Feldman's top 50 freaks list coming into next season. Um, he should. But I do like McKinley Williams potentially as a day three pick at D-tackle. I like Kingsley Jonathan off the edge. And, yeah, Josh Black, too. I think all three have pro potential. Obviously, got to see how they do this season, right? Uh, they're going to need to produce if they want to go. And as far as the linebackers, I like Mikel Jones' pro potential and Jeff Kenton Arcus as well, even Stephon Thompson. But those guys are just a little bit too young, I think. I think they need more, two more years, excuse me, before they go to the draft. Mikel is a little bit small for me. He's a playmaker, of course. Same with Jeff. And then Stephon Thompson's not even eligible next year, right? So going to wait on him. And then other guys in the secondary, again, I think Jihad Carter and Rob Hanna potentially in the future. But again, they're just a little bit too young. Um, rounding it out here, I think on the offensive side of the ball, Sean Tucker's a future NFL draft pick, and Tosh Harris could potentially be a day three pick if he has another big season. So that's my TED Talk. All right. Uh, <laughs> how about this last one? Uh, Chris Elmore, you haven't said anything about right. him. Does he make the league? I think he, he does. He might not get drafted, but does he Does he get uh, undrafted rookie free agent signed? Jaron, I think he does get drafted. We saw Ben Mason wow. go. The H-back, the tight end, the fullback for Michigan. I think there is positional friend, value actually, in the NFL. Ben, really? Ben Mason, ben Mason uh, a good friend of mine, actually grew up with him. That's Wow. Huh. Yeah. There you go. We can talk about that uh, in a little bit, but uh, there you go. So you you say Elmore gets drafted, uh, and that's gonna how that's how we wrap up this final draft cast. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in over the past couple days. Hopefully you enjoyed the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, we're still gonna have plenty of content for Orange Fizz. If you want to go out to our website, it's orangefizz.net. Find all of our audio content on SoundCloud at Orange Fizz, and of course follow us on Twitter at Orange Fizz as well. But for John Eads, I'm Jared May signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on Fizz Radio in a little bit.